Amen, church. Well, if you've been with us the past couple weeks, then you know that we are in a series called Serpents and Doves. Uh, And this series basically comes from a text in Matthew where Jesus calls us as his people to live lives that are wise as serpents, yet gentle as doves. Um, and And I don't know about you guys, but for me, it seems harder and harder to do that uh, in a culture that seems to be growing in hostility towards uh, Christianity. And so uh, Pastor Josh has been leading us through these things, talking about a lot of tough things, and, and that's going to continue this week. So I hope you brought your boxing gloves and your helmets and all those things. Uh, I'm just kidding. There's going to be hope, I promise, and that's Jesus. But uh, I'm going to go ahead and read our text from us. Our text today comes from Proverbs, the book of Proverbs, and this is chapter 4. And so if you do not have a Bible, if you did not bring a Bible, there should be a blue Bible under the seat in front of you. Um, And in that Bible, that's going to be page 589. Once again, this is Proverbs chapter 4, verses 14 through 27. And we believe that this is a gift from God. His word is a gift that he has given us. This is how he speaks to us. And so in reverence of this, would you stand if you are able as we read God's word? Proverbs chapter, chapter 4. Verses 14 through 27. This is what it says. Do not enter the path of the wicked, and do not walk in the way of the evil. Avoid it. Do not go on it. Turn away from it and pass on, for they cannot sleep unless they have done wrong. They are robbed of sleep unless they have made someone stumble, for they eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. But the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn, which shines brighter and brighter until full day. The way of the wicked is like deep darkness. They do not know over what they stumble. My son, be attentive to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Let them not escape from your sight. Keep them within your heart, for they are life to those who find them and healing to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. Put away from you crooked speech and devious talk far from you. Let your eyes look directly forward and your gaze be straight before you. Ponder the path of your feet, then all your ways will be sure. Do not swerve to the right or to the left. Turn your foot away from evil. This is the word of the Lord. You can have a seat. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks, John. Good morning, Flourishing Grace. How are we doing? Good. Hey, for those of you who are new, my name is Josh Knight, pastor of Preaching and Vision. Um, it's good to be here with you guys. Uh, Bree, can I throw you a curveball? Can you put that camp picture back up? That, that camp pic that was up there earlier? I, I want, I'm curious on this. Uh, so I, did, I missed this in the last gathering. For those of you who went to camp, how many days into the week was this picture taken? The la- okay, that's what I thought. I want to show you, just, for, just so we appreciate this, the damage that is done to our volunteers who spend a week with junior high girls. Okay, uh, On the end here in the red, that's Chris Stuber. I don't know if he picked up on this. I don't know if you noticed this. She was in the last gathering, unfortunately. I wish she was in the room. Chris Stuber is wearing Birkenstock sandals with white tube socks, and they're not even matching socks. That's what a week... I'm spending the life with junior high girls does to you. Volunteers, thank you. Thanks for giving your life to uh, those kids. I appreciate that. I wish Chris was in the room. Everybody can give her a hard time next time you see her. That's an amazing picture. Um, she knows better than that. She does. Um, hey, so we are in this series, Serpents and Doves. Serpents and Doves. And, and as John said, this whole series is couched 
in this verse from Matthew 10 where Jesus says to his followers, he says, Behold, I'm sending you out as sheep amongst wolves. As sheep amongst wolves. That's, that's you. You are the sheep. And you're being sent out into a world and a culture that is full of wolves. So, he says, be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. Wise as serpents and innocent as doves. How do we live that way? That's the question. In this culture today, as we turn on the news and we, and we, and we, and we open our eyes and we see all the things that are happening, how fast and how rapidly it's all coming at us, and there's so much confusion and, and, and there's so many things that it does. How do we live wise as serpents? In innocence as doves. That's what we've been wrestling with. And uh, over the past few weeks, I've said there's kind of three kind of categories of response. Three buckets in which the ways in which we respond as a church. And none of them are healthy. Okay? Three kind of unhealthy practices and the unhealthy ways the church has responded to the world. Uh, last week we talked about this category over here, anger, right? We just get angry. Like we see the, the, the moral decay. We see the deterioration of, of so many of the things that we value and justice and mercy. And it just, everything is going away. Going away and we're, we, it makes us angry. We're like, how could you do this? Like, how could you possibly want the world to be that way? How could you possibly vote that way? How could you ever think that this is a good idea, right? And there's anger and there's yelling and there's marching and there's picketing and signs in our yard that are screaming against the culture of our day. We talked last week because I mean, there's no, there's nothing profitable in that. If you, if you missed last week, you can go online, you can find it, uh, flourishinggrace.org slash listen, right? Love is the only profitable response to our culture today, right? And we talked about that last week. I said there's another category kind of over here on the opposite side, where as we as the church and Christians, we kind of affirm the way of culture today. We say, no, it's all good. It's okay. Maybe, maybe we're afraid. We're afraid of man, people feeling uh, judged by us or how people might look at us. And we see our friends and we see these topics are near to them. And so we're like, it's all good. Yes, I agree with all those things. And some of those things are right and they're good things that we do agree with. We know that women have been created in the image of God, in his own likeness, equal to men, and they have dignity and worth, right? And so we say, yes, women's rights are human rights. And, and, and we, see, we say that men, yet black lives do matter. They were created in the image of God and have been given equal dignity and worth. That's true. Like, we believe that. But then we accept everything else that comes along with it that is actually opposite of the way. Of Jesus. And I said there's kind of a category in the middle, uh, which I think is actually really common here in Utah. Because we live, I don't know if you've picked up on this yet, but we live in a bubble, right? We're just like wrapped in bubble wrap. Um, and we have this luxury in Utah of being able to like kind of close our eyes and plug our ears and just la 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 and just pretend it's not happening, right? If you live outside of Salt Lake City, you can just like pretend like the world is just, like we live, we live in like leave it to beaver land. Uh, Mayberry, and, and you, you can just turn off the news and just ignore it and be like, oh, my life's pretty good. I don't know what you guys are talking about, right? Because we don't live in L.A. or San Francisco or New York or Dallas or Atlanta. Like, I don't have to deal with all that garbage. Like, I just, just be ignorant to it all. None of these are healthy. We're called to be in the world but not be of the world. And so how do we live? Wise as serpents and innocent as doves. So last week we talked about anger. This morning we're going to go all the way over here. And we're going to talk about this category, this idea of affirming the way of culture at the expense of the way of Jesus. That's what we're going to look at this morning. Um, the church 
so often affirms the way of culture at the expense of the way of Jesus. I want us to see this morning kind of two things. I want us to see the damage that has been done. The damage has been done by the church, by, by us, by, by me, by you, every single time that we've affirmed the way of culture over the way of Jesus. And second, I want us to see how unbelievably beautiful the way of Jesus is, how much better the way of Jesus is than the way of culture. Now, some of you uh, say, that's, that's not me. I don't fit in that category. I don't affirm the way of culture. That's not who I am. Oh, yeah, it is. We all, we all spend time there. Just like last week, I said, men, some, some of us would raise their hand and say, I, I am actually angry. Like, there are certain words that you can say, and I just can't control myself. Like, I say Joe Biden, and people in the room are like, what? Like, I say Donald Trump, and people in the room are like, huh? Like, there's certain words, I can say it, right? And you're like, anger. Um, that's, and you're like, that's who I am. But all of us, in some way, or form, like, culture's made us angry. There's anger in us. And in the same way, all of us, in some way, or shape, or form, have experienced this over here. Our identity has been attached to certain things. Um, and... and We've affirmed certain things at the expense of the way of Jesus. Um, some of us, it's just, you know, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a laziness. I, I don't actually want to do the hard work of, of taking the, the way of Jesus and stacking it next to the way of culture and kind of parsing out every little nuanced thing. And I don't, I don't really want to think about that. I don't want to do the work. And so we don't see how our identity has been attached to certain things. We can't understand, we can't wrap our mind around how there, are, how there are people in the world who suffer from gender dysphoria. We can't acknowledge that and we can't actually put that burden on ourselves as Christ has carried that burden and acknowledge that. I don't understand that. I don't understand that pain. I don't understand that suffering. I don't understand that sorrow. I, 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 don't, I don't know. But I don't, I don't really want to deal with it. I don't really want to. So I just ignore it. And I say it's all bad. Or it's all good. Um, we don't know why we've, identi- we've, we've attached our identity to um, our need in America for, for guns. Just love guns, got to have more guns. Like, why is that? We haven't slowed down to think, man, how is that, what in the way of Jesus affirms that? This idea of, like, justice and protecting and caring for other people. But what in the way of Jesus actually, as opposed to that, right, this need to be self-protected? Like, why do I feel the need to protect myself? Like, why, why can, is my hope not in Christ, in Christ alone, right? Well, why are we so obsessed with this, right? There's so many things that we've attached our identity to when we just don't even want to think about it. I don't want to actually sit down and study it. I'm just lazy. For some of us, it's if we just don't know better, right? There's a, there's, a, there's a biblical illiteracy in our culture. It's just increasing all the time, right? I, I don't even know what the way of Jesus is. Yeah, I'm a fall. I, I, I've, I've given my life to Christ, but I don't read my Bible, and so therefore, I'm accepting all these things in culture, whether it's on the right or the left, doesn't matter. I'm accepting all these things in culture, and I just don't even know that they're opposed in any way to the way of Jesus. For most of us, for a lot of us, it's a fear. I'm afraid. I'm afraid of what people are going to think. I don't want people to think that I'm a bigot. I don't want people to think that I'm hateful. I don't want people to feel judged by me. I don't want people to think that, that I love this thing or love that thing. I don't want people to think that. And so I'm afraid. I'm afraid of losing my job, right? My work makes me do these things and go to these seminars and trainings. And I know, okay, it's opposed to Jesus, but whatever. Like, I just don't, I'm afraid. For some of us, I think it's a smaller category, but some of us, it's just like an outright rejection of the way of Jesus. 
we would call ourselves Christians. We'd say, man, no, I believe that there's one true God who's sovereign over all things. He sent his son to die on my place. He's risen from the dead. He sits on the right hand of the throne of God. He is the king of kings. He rules over all things. He's established a way that is right and good, a path of flourishing for my life. But there's no way that that loving God would ever call me to give up something that's so precious to me. There's no way he would call me to identify to, to abandon something that is so attached to my identity and who I am. There's no way that he would ever call me to reject that or anyone else to reject that. And so we have outright abandoned the way of Jesus. And every single time that we affirm the way of the world or the way of culture, the way of the wolves, over the way of Jesus or at the expense of the way of Jesus, we're doing damage doing damage to ourselves, we're doing damage to the world. And we're failing to see how unbelievably beautiful and how unbelievably better the way of Jesus is. And so this is, that's what I want to look at this morning. Um, first thing, we've got to do some groundwork, a little bit of preparation. The first thing that I want you to see, if you like to take notes, this is kind of the first point. If you're Baptist, you're like, yes, points. Um, I'm not, so it won't be on the screen. Here we go. There are two paths, one right, one wrong, Okay. There's two paths, one right, one wrong, okay? In Proverbs 4, John read it earlier, it says this. It says, do not enter the path of the wicked and do not walk in the way of evil. Avoid it and do not go on it. Turn away from it and pass on. There's a wrong way. There's a wrong path, okay? This is so clear throughout the Bible, Um Psalm 1 kind of famously compares and contrasts these two paths. Psalm 1 says this, Psalm 1 verse 1, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, or nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. Right? There is a wrong path. There's a, there's a wrong way of life. If you walk this way, you're walking the wrong way. And the Bible compares that path, contrasts that path to a right path. Again, Proverbs 4, um, Solomon compares and contrasts it. He says this about the right path. He says, but the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn, which shines brighter and brighter until full day. David in Psalm 1 says it this way, talking about the righteous path. He says, but him, the, the person who walks this path, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in season and its leaf does not wither, right? We could go on and on comparing and contrasting and showing all the places in the Bible where there's a right path stacked next to a wrong path, right? There's the way of the flesh and the, and the fruit of the Spirit. Uh, there's the sheep and the goats Jesus talked about. There's right and there's wrong, right? This, this is not a new idea, right? For Christians, like if you're a follower of Jesus this morning, you're not like, oh, revolutionary. Like, no, this is, not, this is not surprising. But some of you are like, so what? I, okay. Here's, here's why this is important to grasp and understand, okay? One of the greatest values and mantras of our culture today is this. And I think all of these categories, all of these things that we get sucked into are rooted in this. There is no wrong path there's, some, there's a myriad of right paths. And if one of them doesn't work for you, create your own. 
No, you can do whatever you want. You can be whoever you want to be. Go wherever you want to go. You, you, are, you are you. You are unique. You're fully autonomous. You're fully free and liberated. Don't let anybody tell you that there's a wrong way to do it. You are right. You just got to find your own way and discover it yourself. We've heard the mantras of culture. Be whoever you want to be. Love whoever you want to love. There is no such thing as absolute truth. Morality, that's a social construct. All of these things communicate one of the highest values of culture, this individual freedom, full, autonomous self. That's who we want to be. No one, no one should be able to tell me how to act or what to think or who to be. No one should ever be able to communicate to me that I'm in some way, shape, or form. I need to be a certain way or think a certain way or act a certain way. No, that is hate speech. That kind of language is violence in our culture. You can't, it's, you're literally killing people with your words if you say things like that. Stop, okay, that's, listen to me, that's the culture in which we live. I got a good friend, lives in New York, um, not a follower of Jesus. Um, not a follower of Jesus. Uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, when the Supreme Court overturned Roe versus Wade, he um, posted on social media kind of this like list of like ways for his his friends and his community who are grieving and mourning and all of this, and how they can kind of kind of this kind of helpful ideas for them. And, and I'm not picking on him. I mean, that's a kind thing for someone to do to to see their friends grieving and mourning something and kind of offer some help, helpful ideas. One of the ideas, this is the whole point, one of the ideas that he posted is this. He says, protest in whatever way is right for you. My, I know you got, you got anger, you got sorrow, get out there and protest. But I don't want to tell you how to do that. You just got to figure that out for yourself. Whatever way is right for you. That's the way of our culture today. You, you, you do however you want to do. Like, I'm not going to tell you how to be. You figure that out. You discover what's going to make you feel good. Uh, CNN got in trouble uh, a little while back. One of their commentators made a comment uh, that just created an uproar. Um, and in their defense, they, they apologized for this. They were like, okay, maybe we overstepped. But, they, but what they said was intentional. What they said they actually meant. This was written down, read off a teleprompter, not, not like, whoops, that came out. No, no, no. This is a real comment, and it, and it, and it demonstrates kind of to the fullest extent what our culture wants us to believe. Here's what the commentator says. He says, it is not possible to know a person's gender identity at birth. There's no way to know. There is not consensus, there's not consensus criteria for assigning sex at birth. What they're saying, listen, what they're saying is this. Experts don't agree. There's no consensus on how to assign gender at birth. And all the experts are like, what? Like, yes, there is, right? We can just look at your chromosomes or maybe your reproductive organs. Like, we actually have a way and a consensus around how to do this, right? But what, what the commentator says, no, 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 there is no such thing as absolute truth. There is no expert. You are the expert. You're the one. You, the only way to know who you are is for you to discover who you are. The only way to become who you're meant to be is to discover who you're meant to be. You must live and experience and discover, and, and, and charge your own path, and figure it out on your own. Like, that's the way to true freedom, true autonomy. That If you want to live life, that's how you're going to live it. 
At first glance, many of us in the room are like, that's ridiculous. But here's the thing. It's super attractive. Think about it for a second. Like, that's amazing. Full, complete freedom. No one can tell me how to live or what to think or who to be. If that's true, if I'm the expert of me, I'm never wrong. My wife can never tell me again that I'm wrong. That's amazing. Sign me up for that. Right? I'm always right. I'm always right. That sounds good to me. I'm all, you're always okay. No matter what the world says to you, no matter if your friends think that you're not okay, you're always okay. You're always good. You're always worthy. You're always just the way you are. You just need to be you. That's amazing. This is the mantra of our culture today. And it is, beyond any shadow of a doubt, destroying people's lives. It's blinding us to the way of Jesus. This idea that there is no wrong way, and there's so many right ways, and if you don't like any of the right ways, just create your own, is absolutely opposed to the way of Jesus. It's destroying lives. It's blinding us to the way of Jesus. Uh, my mother-in-law, uh, she buys me weird gifts. Anybody else, anybody else's mother-in-law, like, buy them? Sure. Wow, put your hand down. Your spouse is sitting right next to you. You crazy? What's wrong with you? Golly. Uh, my mother-in-law buys me weird gifts. Uh, she, and inevitably, it's fascinating, uh, like, a, like a few days later or a week later, I open it. I'm like, what? Like, what? Where did you even find this? And then I find myself, like, enjoying it and, like, playing with it and going back to it and using it. It's like she knows what she's doing, uh, 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 even though at first glance I'm like, why did you? Anyways, for Father's Day, my mother-in-law got me this book of adult-level, like, mazes, like these really, really, really hard mazes. Uh, I got a picture. I'll show you. Yeah. All right. Yes, it is Star Wars-themed. Okay, it is. Um, and they're really, really hard. You're really hard. This is not like a little two-minute deal. Like, you have to spend some time trying to figure this out. And my eight-year-old son's like, Dad, can I try? I'm like, sure, buddy. Knock yourself out. And then I come back, and I go to the book, and I realize that almost on every single page, he's taking like a blue marker, and he's like, follow the line. Except he hasn't followed the line. On every single page, it's wrong. On every single page, I don't even see it there, on every single page, he's just like made his own path. Like, he started following, and he's like, uh. Oh, there's a wall there. Oh, whatever. Let's go through the wall. Like, like, who can, I'm like, you can't do that. Why are you using a blue marker to begin with? Like, just use your finger. Like, just trace it out. Like, like no. Like, he's, he's like, I'm just going to create my, like, and everybody knows. Like, that's how it works. There's a starting point, and there's an ending point, and there's one way to get to the, from one side to the other. But that's not what culture says. Culture says any of those paths are fine. Just pick whichever one you want. Oh, you don't like any of them? Well, that's fine. Just get your blue marker and just create your own little path. <laughs> that's not the way that works, though, is it? It's not the way it works. What the Bible says is there's one singular way. There's one singular way to the light of glory. There's one singular way to freedom. There's one singular way to endless, indestructible joy. There's one Singular way. And our kids 
and our friends have been told that's not true. It's not true. And they are wandering about in a maze. I said a minute ago, it's destroying people's lives. There's never been a season, there's never been a moment in all of human history where this level, in such a young age, anxiety is so high. Such a young age, depression is so high. Such a young age, suicide is so high. And we say, why is that? Because we've allowed them to become lost in a maze. And we said, no, 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 you're fine. You're not lost. You're just discovering who you are. Like, no, 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 I want to I I actually get to the end. No, 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 you're fine. You, 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 you. You're not meant at that young of an age to have to figure all that out. You're not meant to have that level of anxiety. You're not meant to feel like you're lost. At that young of an age, you're supposed to be like making dumb mistakes and having fun and like just doing stupid things. Not the pressure of the world on your shoulders to, to figure out who you are. It's not who we're supposed to be. It says, not made us free. This lie, it's led us into complete confusion. And our culture today is utterly lost in the maze of life. Which brings me to the second thing, if you're taking notes, the second thing that I want you to see this morning, the second thing we see in the text. All right, the way of Jesus is the path of clarity and freedom, not confusion. The path of Jesus is a path of clarity in freedom, not confusion. Right, here's how uh, Solomon puts it in the proverb. He says, But the path of righteousness is like the light of dawn. I love that. Which shines brighter and brighter until full day. The way of the wicked is like deep darkness. They do not know over what they stumble. Here's the good news. And this is such good news. It's amazing. We have the right way. We have, it's been gifted to us. If you're a follower of Jesus, if you've given your life to him, right, the God of all things is the creator of you. And he's created you uniquely, a human, in his image, after his own likeness. And what he has created, this, this image of God that is in you and in every human being, he has bestowed on you in every single human being. He's bestowed on that dignity. He's bestowed on that worth. Right? And he loves that image of himself that is you. And he, by the blood of his son, has established a path of flourishing. The way of Jesus, the early church, they were known, not as Christians, but as people of the way. People of the way. They followed. Their lives looked distinct from the rest of the world, distinct from the rest of culture. The way that those men loved their wives was foreign to the rest of the world. The way that they treated their children was foreign to the rest of the world. The, the way that they saved themselves for marriage was foreign to the rest of the world. They were not like the rest of the world. They had a different path. And the beauty is, this path is true. It's been tested again and again and again. It's been proven it's true. And it's actually everything that the world is looking for. Everything they're looking for, right? This idea of complete autonomy, liberty, 
and freedom. It's found in the way of Jesus. It's actually found there. I love how Paul puts it in, in Galatians, uh, Galatians 5.1. He says, for freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to the yoke of slavery. Paul says, Jesus sees you in the path of darkness, stumbling over that which you do not know, not even knowing how broken, not even knowing how sinful you are. And he reaches in by the cross and pulls you out. This is the power of the resurrection. And he places you in the path that is like the light of dawn. You didn't do that. You didn't discover it. You didn't find it. This is not something that you can just take a blue marker and create the God of all things, the creator and sustainer of all life, gave his son to pluck you out of that and place you on the path that is like the light of dawn. And Paul says, man, don't return again to the yoke of slavery. Don't enter back into the confusion of the maze. Keep your eyes fixed straight ahead on him. Do you see what you have in Christ? It's so much better than anything the world has to offer us. And yet every time that we as Christians affirm the path of culture as valid ways of human flourishing, yeah, you can go down that way. It's fine. You're, you, you're not, your life's not going to be any worse off than mine. Like, go, go discover. Go be. Go do whatever you want to be. You want to love whoever you want to love? Go ahead. Go for it. You want to be whoever you want to be? Oh, yeah, sure, sure, yeah. You want to go make America great again? Yeah, yeah, yeah go down the path. That's fine. When we attach our heart to anything other than Christ, we get sucked into or pulled into or lured into another path. We are sending our friends and our family, our kids, into the maze to a way that will not lead them to freedom. Uh, a group of us here at Flourishing Grace, a few guys, um, we've been reading through uh, The Pilgrim's Progress by John Bunyan. Anybody in the room ever read The Pilgrim's Progress? A few of you, the rest of you. Are you guys Christians? Do you love Jesus? I, um, I'm kidding. But it is. it is. It is a required work. Okay, It's a required work. You, you, this is your homework for this week. Go, go pick up the Pilgrim's Progress. Um, it, 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 there's like the Bible and then there's like Pilgrim's Progress. Okay, um, there, It's like it's pretty close. Um, and some of you are like, man, how can that possibly, how can it be that good? Uh, here it is. Right? It was Spurgeon's, Charles Spurgeon's favorite book. Right? Need, need I say more? I don't think so, but I will. It was C.S. Lewis's favorite book. Right? Like this, is, this is the required work. Right? Read your Bible every day. Read The Pilgrim's Progress. Okay? Um, once a year. Re read this book. And here it is. It was written in the 1600s. The 1600s. There's an old English version. Don't get that one. Get the, get the new modern English version. Um, it was written in the 1600s, John Bunyan, and it's a fictional work. Right? He, he's the, the, he's, he sees this in a dream. He kind of writes it from his perspective. This is like a dream. And, um, and he sees this pilgrim uh, who is on the path. His name's Christian. Very creative. Um, Christian has left the city of despair, and he's going to the city of glory, the, the, the home of the king, the kingdom of glory. That's where he's going. He's on his way. And all along the way, he's walking this path, and he gets sucked into some other paths and lured into some other paths. He gets sucked into kind of this like swamp or pit of despair or despond. And, or, and there's the, the, the dungeon of despair, right, where this giant, the giant of despair, like beats him every day. It's, it's sorrow. It's depression. He's been sucked into depression along the way. 
There's other, there's other men along the way who invite him into the vanity fair where he gets all the things that he wants. It's amazing. And all of these things lure him off the path or suck him off the path. And some of them are his choice. He actually chooses to go this way. And other things are not his choice. He gets pulled this way. In the whole story, what, what Bunyan's trying to communicate to Christians is that the Christian life is a life of endurance. Long faithfulness in the same direction. One foot in front of the other. Again and again and again and again. Following a long line of men and women who have walked this road before us and have proven the way. And we can study their lives. We can look at the life of Spurgeon. We can look at the life of C.S. Lewis. And we can look at the lives of our grandparents and parents who have gone before us that have loved Jesus. And we can study and see, see where they slipped off the path where they were lured off the path. We can see it. We can watch it. We can know. We can learn from that. We can faithfully stay on the path. This is not an easy path. No, in fact, Jesus says that in Matthew 7, he says, narrow is the gate and hard is the way that leads to life. But the way is easy. It leads to destruction. This path is hard. Long faithfulness in the same direction. Endurance. I believe that the church has forgotten this. We now quickly abandon the way of Jesus for the way of the world. And when this happens, the whole world loses its way. you got to understand, right, your children and your children's children and your friends and your family, they're watching you. They're saying, is that path sure? Can I trust that? They're following you. What path are you walking are you condemning all the other paths? Or are you inviting them, loving them? Come. Come step on the path that is like the light of dawn. The closer I get to Christ, the brighter it becomes. That's the path that I want to give my life to. That's the path that I want to walk. Lastly, how do we do this? How do we do this? We must endure in our hearts, in our minds, our hearts and our minds. This is where the, the race of endurance, this is where the work of endurance occurs. In my heart and in my mind, this is where the, the traps are laid for me. In my heart and in my mind. Um, this, the, the, the writer of the proverb puts it this way. He says, keep your heart, keep your heart with all vigilance. For from it flow the springs of life. Put away your crooked speech and put devious talk far from you. Let your eyes look directly forward and your gaze be straight before you. Ponder the path of your feet and all your ways will be sure. Do not swerve to the right or to the left. Turn your foot away from evil. Here's what I want to do real quick. I'm going to give you three quick points of application, right? Like, okay, how do we make sure that we're on the right path? And what if I've gone down this path? What do, what do I do? Okay, three quick things that are in this text, right? The first is this. He says, keep your heart with all vigilance. Vigilance is this constantly looking for danger, right? Where is it coming? Where, where, where's, where's culture trying to get its hooks in me, right? I, I know it's coming at my heart. I'm keeping my heart with all vigilance. I'm watching out for it, right? How do we do this? You've got to examine your heart. You've got to do the work of studying your heart and saying, what am I beginning to love? What's beginning to shape my identity? 
Jesus says it this way. He says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Man, where is my treasure? Is my treasure in my right to bear arms? Is that why I'm like walking around to like camo on all day and carrying my kid in like some sort of camo diaper bag? Like, what? you know who you are. Um, you can just study your wardrobe instead of your heart. Um, what is my heart attached to? Is it attached to the right of my body? Who's given me that right? Who's, whose right is it? Why do I have dignity? Why do I have worth? Why do I have respect? Because God has bestowed that dignity and that worth upon me. And so whatever he says is actually right. He actually owns my body. He actually owns my, my mind. He actually owns my heart. What's, 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 what's got its hooks in me? What cultural topic is like stirring you up? Is it on the right or is it on the left? Is it some progressive thing or is it some thing where we got to go back and turn some things around and make America greater? Which one, which one is making you, your heart beat? Which one has lured you off the way of Jesus? Which path has said this way is actually better? This way has sucked you in. What is your heart doing right now? What is the condition of your heart? Where are you most tempted? If we do not keep vigilance over our heart, the wolves will win. The wolves will win. Next, ponder the path. you got to know the way of Jesus. You've got to know the way that leads, like the light of dawn, the way that leads to the kingdom. You've got to know the path. How? Read your Bible every day. We've said it a thousand times here at Flourishing Grace. If you are not in the Word every day, there's no way you stay on the path. There's no way. If we are not following Jesus and following the way of Jesus and constantly stacking the way of Jesus next to the way of the world and, and saying, okay, what here is different? How is this different than that? And sometimes the difference is very, very sneaky and small, but it's huge. We've got to identify what makes this path genuine and right and good. How do I know? Study the lives of those who have gone before you. Read dead people. Read Spurgeon. Read Lewis. Read these people who have gone before you and have actually arrived on the other side. Study their lives. Study the path. Be in the Word every day. Lastly, do not swerve to the right or the left, he says. Do not swerve to the right or the left. Turn your foot away from evil. We are not people of the right or the left. Uh, a few years ago, we preached a series, Politics in the Church. Um, went over like a lead balloon. Uh, kind of like this one. Um, just kidding. I said, we are, we, the church, Christians, we're politically homeless. We're not people of the right, we're not people of the left, we're the people of Jesus. He's our king. He is our leader. He is our commander-in-chief. And our gaze must be fixed on him. We do not swerve to the right or the left. We are, not, we are not lifted and tossed around by the culture of the day. We don't follow culture. We follow Christ. And we do not demand that culture follows us. We lovingly invite them on this path. 
We lovingly invite them on this path. Come, walk with me. We say, I, I don't claim to understand and know what it's like for you to live with gender dysphoria. I've never experienced that. I can't imagine the darkness. I can't imagine the confusion. I can't imagine the pressure. I can't imagine the way people will make you feel. I don't understand it. But what I do know is in all of that confusion, there is a light, there's a path that's like the light of dawn. You want to walk it with me? I can't imagine what it's like to, to live in fear of your life and to think that you need a small arsenal of guns to, to, to protect yourself. I can't imagine what that fear is like. I can't imagine what that pressure is like. But I do know that there is a path that's like the light of dawn where there's a good shepherd that's protecting me the whole way through. You want, you want to come try that path out? You want to walk that path with me? I can't imagine what it's like to, to live your life thinking that the best days are somewhere back there behind you and you need to get back and make that great again. I can't imagine what that's like to, to constantly be living in the past, constantly be mourning the future. But what I do know is on, on my path, the future is much brighter. Every day it gets brighter until the fullness of day. Every, every step I take closer to Christ is better. You want, you want to walk this path with me? I'm not, our job is not to condemn the paths of this world, but to lovingly invite them on this one. Will you, you, church, you, you're the light of the world, man. City on the hill can't be hidden. You gotta let your, you have to let your good works shine before all people so that they might glorify your Father who is in heaven. That's the only way we win. It's the only way we win our kids. It's the only way when our friends and our loved ones. The beauty is, pull this together, Josh, the beauty is this. It's such a good time to be a Christian. Some of you are like, wait a second. I'm pretty sure you spent the last 30 minutes saying it's like a crummy time to be a Christian. No, it's the best time. It's the best time. It's so good to be a Christian right now in this day. Not that our way is easy. Not that our burden is in any way, shape, or form easy or wide. But it's clear. No confusion for me, baby. I know where I am. Pull it together. I know who I was. And I know where I'm going. And I know the one that I must follow in order to get there. I don't have to wonder about that. There's no confusion for me. I see a world that's in deep darkness, stumbling over things that they don't even know. They don't even, they don't even see it. It's a sweet time to be a Christian. I know my path is true. I know many have walked this path before me. And they've come out on the other side. And they have entered into the light of glory. I know it's true. I know it's good. And I know it's faithful. For 2,000 years, millions have walked it. It's well-worn and proven again and again. And every step of the way on my path, I'm no individual autonomous self. No, you all are with me. And so is my king. He'll never leave me or forsake me on this path. And for some of, some of you this morning, you, you come to this place, you didn't know what you're getting into today, and you're, you're sitting here, and you have affirmed the way of culture, promiscuous, recreational sex outside of marriage. The love of money, it's got its hooks all in you. 
the way of the culture on the right or the way of the culture on the left. It's got its hooks in you. And you just now you're awakening to the reality that you are in a massive maze. And you're like, I have no idea how I got here. And I have no idea how I'm going to get out of here. Shoot. Here's the good news. Jesus will lead you home. And maybe today, for some of us, it's just a day of confession and repentance. Confessing that I've walked down the wrong path. And repentance, turning back and saying, I don't know where you are, but I know that you're here and I need you. I need Jesus. I need the light of life. I need you to restore me. I need you to put my feet on solid ground. As the psalmist says, lead me to the rock that is greater than I. Show me the way. Bring me back. Set my heart once again on you. I need you. I'm prone to wander, as the old psalm says. So bind my heart. Tie it like a fetter. Tie it to you. I don't want to wander anymore. Keep me in you. There is a right way. There's a wrong way. Jesus invites you to walk the right way. No better time. No better time than right now to walk the way of Jesus. Let me pray for you guys. Jesus, we come before you. Our hope is you. Our faith is you. Our trust is in you. The way is clear. You are the way. You are the truth. You are the life. We, that is our creed. It's the only way. The only truth and the only life. And so let us cling to that mantra. Let us never forget it. Let us bet our life on it again and again and again and again. And every time we fail, let us be reminded that you lovingly welcome us back. Let us be the light of the world. Let us be the city on the hill. Would you shine through us? We praise you. Praise the name of Jesus' name. Amen. Friends, let's stand. Let's sing one last song together as we go.